Ever wondered how people have managed to break the social, entrepreneurial and entertainment glass ceiling? So have I. Welcome to another edition of On The Minted Couch with me, Titi Jane. Today I have a very exciting guest. She's a businesswoman, but she started her career as a lawyer. Her name is Linda Kiskes Mwamba. And I'm excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the On The Minted Couch. Thank you for having me, Kathy. Thank you so much for the, for the invitation and giving us a glimpse into your life. So I would like to rewind it a bit back to your childhood. You were actually born in the Democratic Republic of Congo, and then you grew up in Brussels, and then you grew up in Johannesburg. You spent a lot of your time in Johannesburg, as well as New York, where you were studying law. <laughs> so you have a very cosmopolitan background. Tell us how it shaped your view in terms of how you look at the world and in terms of our differences and how they unite us as a people. I love that question. Uh, again, thank you for having me. I, I, you know, I've, I've not always thought of myself as having a cosmopolitan you know, view, hmm. but 100% um, where I've been has influenced everything that I do and the decisions I make. So Linda, you were born in... Kinshasa DRC, you grew up in Brussels, and you grew up in Johannesburg, you also went to New York to study law. I mean, you have a very cosmopolitan view of life and upbringing. How did that shape you into how you know you perceive the world and how united we are in our differences? So I think that's a brilliant question. I don't often think about how my experiences uh, have affected my work and how I view the world, but... Of course they have, and um, I would say that from an African perspective, first of all, I'm all the way um, pro, you know, putting African finished goods out there. I want yes. to see more goods coming from Africa uh, represented in the global market, which I don't think we see enough of. And I'd like us to not just be seen as artisanal, but as, you know, well-researched, well-developed. And um, I think, you know, having gone to all those places, I saw that many brands and many products use raw African ingredients, but they're not African products. And I want to be part of the movement where we're putting African products on the market, and I want our products to be sold, not just mine, but, you know, African products to be sold everywhere in the world and to compete as high-end luxury and high quality products so um, I think that that's really how it affected me because I've traveled so I've, uh, I, was, I had time to observe and to see that we were underrepresented on the global market. I mean you had a passion for beauty from the age of five and you said that your mother's beauty cupboard was like a playground which is very beautiful and fascinating. Did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur when you were young, or it was just a, a beautiful habit that you had? I love that. It was a beautiful habit, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would say it was a beautiful habit, um, and kind of you know my way of dealing, a way of coming, kind of coming back to myself, and you know keeping the noise out. And a bathroom for me is a quiet place. It's yes. a you know a place where you all you have to do in a bathroom is take care of you. That's, 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 all. that's what it's there for. So um, I think from a young age, I, I love that. I love that I could apply cream, smell perfume, yeah. put cream in my hair. You know, just it was all about just taking care of yourself. Um, 
So, yeah. When it comes to being entrepreneurial, was it something that stemmed from the frustration that you had with hair, or was it something that you can remember from far back that you wanted to be a businesswoman? So I, I, I never thought I'd be a businesswoman. Okay. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. Uh, it was kind of ingrained in my mind that I would be a lawyer from a young age, and um, that was it. Was only a beautiful habit, and it only. It only it took me a long time to realize that I, I could turn this passion into profit, mm -hmm. and that happened in 2014. Uh, so, you know, throughout my life, um, for me it was just, you know, how, why would I ever go into beauty being a lawyer? It was not something that I saw as attainable, and I didn't see black women founders around me, so I, I, that was another thing, it was not... It was hard to attain because it wasn't represented. Today, thank goodness, we can see more of that and it's just more of a reality now. Yes. Um, so yeah. I love how what you say, um, because now a lot of young black um, women or children you know, can easily identify you know, the different role models that we have you know, from beauty, from entertainment, social justice and all those things. Um, what were some of the experiences that you had in your childhood that pushed you or propelled you to studying law and wanting to be a lawyer? Is it something specific or was it just something that when you were young you just wanted to be a lawyer? <laughs> so it all stemmed from the fact that I was very talkative as a child mm -hmm. and I apparently knew everything about everything. I was that kid. Um, started speaking really early and I was quite smart and People around me would be like, you made, you made such, a, such a good lawyer, just because I was argumentative. Um, and yeah, I was always right, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, was, it actually started off as kind of a way of teasing me. And then as I grew up, I think it got ingrained in my <laughs> mind that, I mean, this must be a job for me, since everyone has told me that from a young age. So yeah, I think it, it kind of, and it, it fits my personality, for yeah. sure. Um, I, I'm, I hate injustice and I hate, um, I, you know, it's not that I want to, today I obviously matured, but um, I, do, I do love helping people. Mm -hmm. And when I was practicing, it was my favorite part of the job was to know that, you know, you'll win a case or whatever it is that you're working on, you're actually helping and changing someone's life. Yeah. It's, these are serious things, you know. Uh, no one comes to a lawyer for something trivial. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, to know that you have a good impact on someone's life, that's, that's great, yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you practice both in New York or in South Africa? So in New York, I, um, I actually, I went to New York to take the New York bar. Mm. Uh, I did all of my, my LLB was done at WITS, mm -hmm. completely. I went to Harvard uh, for a couple of months for a uh, international law and human rights law program. Okay. And then I went to New York to take the New York bar. Wow. I never passed the New York bar. Okay. Failed by 2%. Uh, but the reason why I actually started Suki Suki was because after having failed for the last time, uh, I wanted to kind of come back to my, my, my home, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, I needed to refuel and to replenish. And I never went back to New York after that. <laughs> I think I just had a realization that um, it wasn't for me, it wasn't a city for me. It felt, at the time it felt like failure, but I do believe that 
God works in amazing ways and if I had stayed in New York I would never have started Suki Suki Natural so let you yes, know. Yes, yes. And you mentioned that you started your brand Suki Suki which I might add proudly that it means hair. Yes. <laughs> when you started Suki Suki it was just a frustration because you started going natural yes. in, in 2010 and like you said there were not many you know beauty brands that catered for for the black women um so take us through the process you know when you were in your kitchen and decided okay these are the certain ingredients that i'm going to use to try to resolve a problem and what i like about your journey is that you were solving a problem which is what many businesses should be about so take us through the process of you know being in your kitchen saying that you know what i'm going to do this so it all started off with being in my kitchen in 2010, not at all thinking I was going to launch a beauty brand. Yeah. It was just because frustration of not finding the suitable products for my hair type. Products that would really nourish yeah. and really moisturize. So I was like, okay, well, what do we have here? As you learn, I mean, as we, we're all natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're both natural. <laughs> and... and um, the thing is, we, you, we, you realize that, well, all these brands have honey, they have yogurt, they have, you know, all these hair mayonnaise, you, you have all these, they're always alluding to something natural. Mm. Instead of pretending, let's actually do it. So I taught myself to make mayonnaise for my hair using egg, egg yolk, um, making hair masks with yogurt and avocado and banana. Mm. And all those ingredients, the omegas, from the avocado, uh, from the avocado, the potassium from the banana, you know, the um, the calcium and you know lactic acid from the yogurt are all ingredients that are amazing for your hair. Wow. Why not do it yourself? Okay. Um, and it was, and at first I was like, mm, a hair mask that you know I always bought hair masks, mm -hmm. and then you you realize actually I can make a hair mask, and when you try it, which I would definitely encourage you to do mm. you realize this is amazing you know and it just started from there and then curiosity kicked in even more I was like well let's talk about the ingredients from Africa that you can mm. add to this ingredients that are only that are tropicalized to kind of heighten certain luxury brand prices to say that oh this is from the Kalahari desert but we have it right here mm. you know um, we have access without going through luxury. For me, luxury is not about price. For me, luxury is about quality. Yeah. And um, I and it really started off like that. I, I got curious, so I, I did things to help myself, mm -hmm. and I shared that with family and friends. They caught on, and then they were like, okay, we need more of this stuff. And then I was like, well, I can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So let me develop a product, which was our first product, was the Miraculous Oil, which is still our best seller today. Uh, it was just an oil blend, mm -hmm. easy to preserve, easy, easy to share, and if you find the hard to formulate, because you have to write, find the right balance between all the different oils, but I mean, it's been, it's been great, it's, our, it's still our best seller today. Yeah, yeah. And how was the support from your, like you did say that you took your products to your family, how did their support impact the level of success that you're enjoying today? You know, I, I'm a firm believer, a firm believer sorry, of surrounding yourself 
with people who truly believe in you. Yeah. And um, because that can kill, I always say it's easier to kill a baby than to kill an adult, mm -hmm. right? When a dream is small, it can be killed so quickly. Yeah. I do believe you should share your ideas though, because that gives you the courage to come through. But there's a moment when you, when you should share your idea. You have to be anchored in it. Yeah. You have to be, and for that you need a small group of people around you that only, not only believe in your vision, yeah. but believe in you. And I had that with my sister and my mom. They were truly the two people that I could say were like, you know, from the time I was selling 50 mil bottles, yeah. in no stickers in plastic for like 50 rand. And some people were like, oh, that's too expensive. Which I mean, I get it, it could be. Uh, they didn't see value in that. Mm -hmm. How do you, and the, I mean, I've learned so much. And through, through the years, my mother is the one who was like, you need to better your packaging, you need to better your formula. You need to, it, and she taught me about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, customer experience. Yeah. She taught me about uh, branding without actually knowing that she was teaching me, but she was. Yeah. And these are things that today I know so much more about branding. I'm like, it's all about experience, from the yeah. smart to the texture to the result to the look of a product. Yeah. And that's, I wish more African brands caught onto that, understood that you could have a great product, but if it doesn't present well, we're not gonna, no one's going to buy it. Yes. You know? And you can't rely on people's charity. That's an important one. Mm -hmm. Because you, you know, having that support system is great because they'll push you and they'll challenge you. But once that's done, you need to know that you should be able to sell this to anyone, whether they know you or not, whether they like you or not. Mm. If you're able to sell to your enemy, you've made it. Yeah, <laughs> you've made it in life. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. And when you decided to now make this into a business model, you started with a, a, a hair range product in 2014. And you were still practicing law. I was. Time. I, yes. I stopped practicing, sorry, in 2017. In 2017, yes. So, how... Were you able now to put your brand beyond your family to the market? How did you put yourself out there? Did social media have an impact? And you know, how did you position yourself as someone that can be trusted with natural hair products, especially when it wasn't well known at that time? I think people, trust came with, you know, our brand has been, 90% of our marketing is word of mouth to this day. Okay. Uh, which should change, <laughs> you know, because I mean, 10 years down the line, we're celebrating 10 years in April. Oh, um, but most of it is still word of mouth, and it's just the trust that people have. If, if you give your product to someone that's close to you and likes the product, they're going to talk to someone and be like, you should try this. If you're the real thing, if you're as legit as you say you are, I truly believe that, you know, you build well and they will come. Yeah. So it's, it wasn't me. It was never about me. And although, the, although, you know, when I take out my Afro, I've got a big Afro, people be like, well, your products must absolutely work. Yeah. They work because it's not, they, didn't, they don't work because I made them. My hair's growing uh, because the product is good. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's not a, you know, I'm a, a model walking around and trying to sell a product. It's thanks to this product that I'm able to look like I can sell it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. Please explain the business model um, to us. Like, okay, so when you start, also, how did it happen in terms from growing from your kitchen to packaging, finding suppliers, and is it 
what's the word is it accredited mm. or you know so take us through that those things that many people who want to start businesses take for granted you know like registering a company you know your tax uh, compliance and all these things can you just break it down for us in a business perspective like the the hard work that goes into being a businesswoman so one thing because of my legal background and i can't say because of it but maybe i have certain um reactions that are more natural like i knew i had to immediately register my business mm-hmm. so before launching the business i already had registered it um so that was the first thing i had something through that, I can open a bank account, mm-hmm. right? I can deal with um, suppliers through that through that company. I'm not dealing with suppliers under another name. Yeah. I had an idea. I passed proof of concept. So for anyone who's try- trying to start a business, uh, you need to have an idea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have a name. I, and even the same year, I also registered the, the brand, Suki Suki Naturals, is a registered trademark. And that's been the case since 2014. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess because of my legal background, I had those sort of, I knew that, okay, this is important to do now. Mm-hmm. And that is important to do now. To be taken seriously, yeah. these are small things we need to do. Uh, from an accreditation point of view, I worked with labs, right? In the, in the first year, I didn't work. In the first year, I didn't work with labs. In order to sell to retailers, I needed to collaborate with labs and manufacture with labs. Okay. Right? So that gives you the right certificates and the right accreditation that you need in order to be able to sell to different retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's things like that that you just need to do, you know, to not discourage yourself. Think about it as do it gradually. Mm-hmm. Some things are more urgent and some things are more of a priority than others. And I always encourage people to start with what they have. You don't need millions to, to market. Today, thanks to social media, you can start a brand and really legitimately live your brand and post about it, share about it, talk about it. Your story is everything. You need to, to share your story because people understand story uh, and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I personally... And I'm, I'm much more gripped by brands that have a story than brands that don't. Yeah. If I could choose, I'd always choose a brand that has a real story behind it. Mm-hmm. It just shows that we're still human beings. <laughs> yeah. and there's authenticity in the things that we do, even if we're in a, you know, people would say that we're, it's, it's kind of, um, what is the word? It's um, not a fake industry. The word is kind of like superficial industry, mm-hmm. like beauty. But to me, beauty is everything but superficial. Yeah. Uh, that's the beauty I know, mm-hmm. right? So. Oh, okay. Thanks for that, for those tips. <laughs> <laughs> and um, in terms of your team, mm-hmm. um, tell us how big is your team? How do you outsource? Do you do everything by yourself? And so, what is your management style if you have a team? So with my team, I am... I, I work with a lot of third parties. Mm. So my team is all the various third parties that I work with. Um, I work with one other person who helps from in from a team perspective. So there's two of us. Um, and that person will do a lot of things around you know our social media, our marketing, uh, a little bit of operations and kind of dealing with retailers. But... Um, Otherwise, I work with experts who know what they're doing in the, in the different, and that's part of growing. Yeah. Um, 
it's, it's been part of our growth, we're still self-funded. Uh, so we try to be strategic in how we spend. And when you're small, you really want to work with people who really know what they're doing. Yeah. You save time, um, and it's just much clearer. But I would say my team, and there's, there's definitely over 10 people that I work with. Okay. 10, yeah, 10 to 15 probably, yeah. And where, where, where can people find your brand? Where, where is it? Is it online? Is it virtual? Is it... Uh, brick and mortar, like where can they find your products? So you can find our hair care products at ARC stores mm -hmm. nationwide, so Sandton City, uh, Mall of Africa, Canal Walk, VNA, Tiger Valley, Menlin, mm -hmm. uh, and more, and there's other stores. Uh, we're predominantly online, so as it stands, our product is predominantly online. And what is the, the pr price range? Who is your target market? So our prices range from 300 Rand to a little bit over 500 Rand for our, for our skincare. Uh, actually, I lied, no, below 500 Rand. Okay. So between 300 and 500 Rand. Can anyone um, who prefers to be natural use your products or are there certain people with certain um, hair types that can use it or can't use it? Are there LEGs? So, we are, um, so our hair care is, has been formulated for curly and coily hair. Okay. So, natural hair, I mean, many people have natural hair, even people with straight hair, you mm -hmm. know. So, uh, but obviously, the connotation natural hair is, you know, towards women of color, usually, mm -hmm. who have coily, curly hair. Um, and this is who I am, it's my, it's, you know, it's kind of my, uh, I formulated for the woman that looks like me from a hair care perspective because I didn't see it on the market. When we switched off to skincare, we opened the doors to everyone. Yeah. Um, but the catalyst was the hair care problem. Mm. So, uh, that's what I know how to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, no, there's, you know, our, our ingredients are natural. So they're suitable for children as well. Okay. Uh, Non-harmful, no silicones. We don't use any um, fragrance. Uh, we don't use any sulfates either. And uh, yeah, we just try to keep it, you know, as simple, as clean, as natural, and authentic as possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And the other question um, that I have for you is: Do you think the South African environment is conducive for any growth of any small business considering I don't know if there's still red tapes um, load shedding and everything so from your experience how has the challenge been and what would your words of encouragement and wisdom be to people who are really struggling in this current climate I say, and I always say, start with what you have. Mm. Start where you are with what you have. Mm. And yes, load shedding is annoying. We can complain if we have to tap into that complaining attitude about all the things that are wrong. The list is endless, right? Yeah. But in that same breath, if you tap into all the things that are right, the list is also endless. Mm -hmm. So I'm just of the view, I've been doing this for 10 years and resilience has to be part of my spirit. Okay. And when you want something to happen, load shedding or no load shedding, yes. it will happen. Yes. It will take more time, sure, but 
at the end of the day, what you're delivering is you want excellence. Yeah. So I I truly believe that it's it's unfortunate that yes we have things are not always ideal. Prices are skyrocketing. skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, but your customer, if you have to increase your price, everyone knows that prices are going up. Yeah, true. Right? true. You have to. You can't work at a loss. So your your customer also know that. You will lose customers, but you will also gain customers. Mm -hmm. And just stay true to what you're doing, and always do it with passion and with love. And if you feel like you know your customer isn't understanding, communicate. There's nothing wrong with doing a short video on, on Instagram to explain why you have to increase your prices. Mm -hmm. We we're so lucky to have these platforms to communicate with today. There's really no excuse not to communicate when you can basically do it for free. Yeah, sure. And yeah, you you know I think sometimes also the I was told this a while back, the key to a successful business is to know the size of the business you want to build, mm -hmm. right? So if you tell yourself I only want to grow up to, maybe it's it's not the the right way to say I only want to grow up to this, but my goal mm -hmm. is this big. Put your you. Failing is not not being the next Dove, not being the next L'Oreal. That's not failing. Yeah. You know what size you want to be. Mm. Work towards that. And that may be a small business forever. Yeah. <laughs> you may want to ha always have a small business. And that's what you want. But you, you know you're covering your costs and you're growing and you're paying your staff. And you're contributing to the economy, most importantly. You're yeah. creating jobs. You know? So that's important. And second last question, <laughs> congratulations uh, on your 10-year anniversary. Um, it's a very huge milestone. <laughs> How are you planning to expand your business in terms of customer reach? Yes, I know you are online, so anyone anyway can, can order. But how are you planning to, you know, expand your brand and, and you know, getting that product to those hands <laughs> and his? <laughs> so, I... You know, we've we've been in, we've done so. Retail has been part of our, you know, our, our distribution strategy for the for the past couple of years. Um, a part of us has had to kind of take a step back. You know, we had our product in many people's hands on many shelves, mm -hmm. um, but the re the retail um, the retail industry is very different to just manufacturing product and selling a product. Mm -hmm. But I think that. Um, in future, we want to do it more aggressively yeah. than we have in the past. And uh, many lessons came with being in retail that I keep with me. I just also believe in timing. And I think that um, the right time for us to re-enter aggressively into stores like Woolworths and Wellness Warehouse, for example, uh, will come. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a mission to do so much more from a marketing and communication point of view. Uh, before I kind of take multiple, I, I believe in taking a couple of steps back to take many steps forward. Mm -hmm. um, also, when you have when you put products in someone's hand, they become a custodian of your product, right? Okay. And I think they you you also want to choose the right people to work with, and no matter what you the right custodians of people yeah. of, of your product. So yeah. And then the last question is, what are your success tips to, to young people? Um, maybe if you can add to this question, how you personally define success and what is your word of encouragement to young people who are wanting to make a success for themselves? 
So what, what do I define as a success? I think progress, um, no matter how small. Mm. You know, success is not one thing, right? You, you've heard the kind of corny, the corny sort of sayings like it's about it's the journey, not the destination. But it's true. Success is, I, I've had successes, right? And successes for me five years ago are no longer really successes for me today, but they are successes in themselves. So I think just honestly taking a step at a time and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Do not compare yourself to another person. Mm -hmm. um, it's good to know what other people are doing so you're not living in a bubble, but it's important to, to look at that and be like, I appreciate that from afar. But I'm not going to mix my identity with that, mm. right? I know exactly who and what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and as a word of encouragement, I'll, there's so many things I want to say. I could write a book about <laughs> encouraging. Um, but, you know, I'll go back to what I always say. You know, you, you have so much more in your hands than you think you have. That's why I'm not a fan of complaining mm. about all the things that are going wrong. Because, you know, a person who is pessimistic will find fault in everything. Yeah. You have to keep a spirit of optimism. And I think what I love about South Africa is its resilience in the country. And it's, it's, it's optimism always, you know. And I think we need to keep that. Mm -hmm. We need to, to keep looking out because honestly, when you travel around the world, you come back here and you're like, this is heaven. In, a, in, its, in its very own special way because of that, right? People smile at you in the street. Mm. Um, there's so much that we can just, you know, hold dear and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, we're, and it's, it's going to be okay. I just have to be patient with myself and take it a step at a time. Progress is progress. Progress is progress. Thank you so much for a very beautiful, insightful interview. Um, could you please share with our listeners uh, where they can find you on your socials? So, Suki Suki Natural social is at sukisukinaturals.com. Sorry, Suki Naturals <laughs> Socials is at Suki Suki Naturals. Our website is sukisukinaturals.co.za. And my handle is at Okelinda. So, thank you yeah. so much for having us. I look forward to interviewing you after another 10 years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about how, yeah. how far you've come. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to On the Minted Couch with me, Gatiti Jane. I hope you are inspired on your journey to success. And do remember to subscribe to all our platforms at City Press. I will see you next time. Goodbye.